Hello and welcome back to the Supercoach Champions Podcast. You're here with Catfish. This is the round nine late mail edition without late mail again. Unfortunately, no wacko. Jacko, for another week, he does promise me he'll be back real soon. So fingers crossed that'll be next week. But it, it depends. Obviously, we're not going to push him. Uh, family comes first always. So yeah, but again, more time to jump into your questions before that. Uh, make sure, again, you check out the Lake Mail. That's with Lake Keys Mail while Stasi's overseas on the NRL Supercoach Talk website. Alternatively, there's Timmy Williams from the Playbook site and podcasts who's currently doing the late mail for the Daily Telegraph as well. And there's also the NRL.com actual late mail itself. There's lots of things there to check out. Or, you know, I tweet out a lot of, or retweet a lot of the stuff. So if you're not following me at CatfishSC, make sure you do. Uh, you probably would have seen me tweeting about Tail and May most likely being read retained and other bits and pieces that we're seeing like Schuster's unwell not COVID uh, cooler unfortunately uh, also unwell pending COVID test results so there's all all things happening we're gonna have to keep an eye on it all weekend unfortunately but that's why we love Supercoach isn't it but look that's uh, enough rambling make sure you do check out that late mail and let's jump straight into the questions for this week. I want to ask you a bunch of questions I want to have them answered immediately. All right. So as always, taking questions from the Champs Discord as well as your Twitter questions. I'm going to kick off with some uh, an interesting one. It comes in from Jamie163. He asks, which origin players are holds versus sells over the origin period? Are there any who have a short turnaround that we need to consider may miss even more time? So we kind of touched on this a little bit uh, in the podcast this week. I think generally speaking, this is without digging into it, I, I think all the forwards generally tend to get their minutes managed. I think we often saw guys like Fafida, Angus Crichton, Cam Murray, even you know play reduced minutes in the 40s or come off the bench or things like that throughout the origin period. Having said that, I think we're seeing more and more where actual you know gun players like your Turbos and Teddies and things like that, they're actually getting full games off. And this is where it, it's hard to juggle it all, right? Because I think it's very clear right now these Origin players are the ones killing it for Supercoach. They've got the best averages, and in a sense, we can't not have them in our team, but how do we manage it over the period? So it's either there's two ways. Either you hold trades and you prepare to trade them out over the Origin period and you hope whoever you go to for buy coverage uh, ends up outscoring them when they do play. Alternatively, you trade hard, build up depth, and then hopefully you've got cover at those spots. So if your likes of the your Harry Grants and your Pappenhausens and Tedescos and stuff uh, miss games, then you've got someone else there who you can plug in and hopefully, you know, cover without a, a massive loss of scoring. So I guess the first thing I'd do would be plan, you know, especially those positions like hooker, halfback, 5'8", fullback. There's only two spots there. I'd always plan to, as much as possible, have depth. So, you know, I gave a couple of examples like at 5'8", you know, doing like a monster who obviously will potentially miss a game or two over the origin period. And then having Dillbags, Schuster, Cody Walker, someone else there who can cover 5-8 in a pinch, even Sam Walker. Uh, and then, you know, at, at, at halfback, most of us will have Cleary. Having a Hines there or, or someone else as a backup would be really helpful. I think it seems likely that Hines isn't going to play origin this year, especially if Happenhausen's to 14. And then at fullback, I mean, a lot of us kind of rode the gauntlet last year, having Turbo there. And then a Teddy or someone else there who may or may not have missed the game. So 
I mean, we may still have to run that gauntlet because a lot of the secondary options, like last year, you could happily run a Gutho or a, even a Dufty for a couple of games in that origin period. doesn't seem like that's really an option this year because they're not performing very well comparative to what they were doing last year. So it's an interesting one. It's going to be a tough one to juggle. And then at hooker again, I think if you've got Grant and Cook, you might have a couple of games. Like Cook always gets a you know, sub-80-minute game, which means he, he's dropped to 30 after Origin or something like that, and that could easily happen. I think if you've got Grant, you're going to need to prepare to have someone there to cover. So, you know, again, my, myself, I've got Starling there, and I'm going to hold him for as long as I can, potentially all season, if he can, you know, pull his finger out and keep performing at a 55 to 60 average, which is where, where I really hope he's going to stay for the rest of the year. Or, you know, if Robson holds down 80 minutes or whatever, he's another option that you could pick up there as well. So there's definitely options. Those will be the ones I start off with. And then, you know, at, at front row forward, you want to have Lolo, you want to have Pangai, someone who isn't going to play Origin and cover, you know, the loss of Payne Haas. So, I mean, you could trade out Haas over that period, especially if he's going to miss some time. I know some people are thinking about that. And you trade him out and you wait for him to drop in cash and then maybe play reduced minutes over the Origin period. And then you get him back later, you know, post-Origin or whatever. Like, that's a viable solution. It really does come down to how many trades you've saved, I think. For me, I've been redlining with the trades. I'm probably going to go hard again this week. But I think that means I've got to just stick fat with Haas and hold him. One of my trades is building up more depth at front row forward so I can you know, basically afford to sit Haas on the side. I might end up with a Pangai and IPAP front row forward this week or a Lolo and, and IPAP. So, you know, between Haas and then the other two guys there, I can handle Haas out for one or two weeks. And, you know, if he's out for more time over Origin, then, you know, it's it's manageable. And, you know, even if he's playing reduced minutes, he's still going to pump out a 50-60 score regardless. That's paying Haas. So I'm not too worried overall. Like, the, the cost of trading him out and trading him back in just isn't worth it. I'd rather just spend the trades elsewhere, getting more players in or, or whatever. So... That's kind of how I look at it. If you're looking at the actual draw, I mean, round 14, so the Friday straight after Origins, so that's 48 hours after, it's the Cowboys and the Dragons. So not too many Origin players there that would have that uh, super coach relevant from those teams. I mean, obviously, yeah, maybe the, the likes of Val Holmes and Hammer or whatever, but like I said, super coach relevant. They're not really that high on the list there. And then on the Saturday games, the Titans and the Rabbitohs are the first one, followed by the Roosters and the Storm, and then the Broncos and the Raiders. So like I said, maybe... I'd expect Haas to back up uh, if he's playing Origin and he's good to go afterwards. The Storm, it's so hard. I mean, the Roosters and Storm, it's going to be a big matchup, right? They're going to probably want to roll out their big guns, but it will depend on how they've gone at Origin and things like that. So then you've got the the Panthers playing on the Sunday afternoon and the the Seagulls playing the Sunday afternoon as well. I I mean, it's so hard to judge with someone like a Tommy Turbo or even DC. I think DC tends to back up. And I think Tommy really wanted to back up last year. Uh, if I don't, if I recall correctly, I'm pretty sure round 14, they were commemorating Bob Fulton, I think, in round 14. So he really wanted to play, wasn't allowed to by Dez, basically. And I do remember Teddy was also out that week. So a lot of people copped AEs because they had the Teddy-Turbo combo at the back. And then if you look at round 18, so again, it's the Cowboys who back up twenty-four. Uh, sorry, 48 hours afterwards. Cowboys and Sharks, so again, not too many... I think super coach relevant players will be affected there. Then the Eels and the Warriors on the Friday as well. And again, not too many origin relevant players in those teams. The Roosters again get the Saturday with against the Dragons. Seagulls straight after that against the Knights and the Titans and the Broncos. 
And then the Panthers and the Storm are both Sunday afternoon, along with the Rabbitohs. So I kind of think round 18, this is the tough one, because I know a lot of teams like to rest them in round 18. You know, it's their, they finished the rep period. And from memory, a lot of Origin players got round 18 off. I think that one isn't so much a turnaround thing. It's just more the teams going, look, you've had a pretty busy period. You know, have a, a week and a bit off and then come back around 19 and we'll go hard for the rest of the season. I think that's how they kind of manage it a lot of the time. So, again, that's hard to judge. It will depend on how the players are going, if they're carrying niggles and stuff like that. Hopefully that helps to a bit of a deep dive there. Next question comes in from Jumbles. Is drink water worth it, even if only for the next two weeks, then move him on? And if so, are you training Dillbags or Ilias to him? I think I would be training Ilias to him if you're trading anybody to him. I think, look, he is a fine two-week punt because obviously the Cowboys have nice matchups the next two weeks. I don't know if he's worth it, obviously. He is almost 600 grand. It would have been great to get on him last week. That would have been ideal. I just don't think he's going to be like, you know, people jumped on Talakai at 699,000, but... You know, he was going a lot better. Drinkwater is on fire, but, you know, is it just these four games where he's averaged 88? Because he's got 15 games playing fullback for the Cowboys where he averaged sub 40 in those games. So is it just the Cowboys being better this year? Is it the draw? Is it all of those things combined? I, I honestly don't know. I think it's just a gut call. Like if you're watching him and he's, he's certainly ticking off a lot of boxes with the eye test, but like I just kind of feel, you know, there has been an aligning of... Know, good matchups for him, for example, like just that that opportunity to finish the last five minutes with Hammer on at right center, taking advantage of Dillbags out of position at center. Like they had just way too much speed, and they went you know in the last five minutes they set up two tries and they he he almost you know didn't double his score, but he was on, on only on around sixty odd, and then he finished on uh, over a hundred. So that that was certainly you know that's not going to happen every game basically. So. If he's only scored 60 or 70 at the end of that last game, do you think so many people would be jumping on him this week? I kind of think no. So, you know, it's just a gut call. Worst, worst case scenario, we'll get two negative break-evens against a decent matchup, and maybe you do have to move him on. Switching up to Twitter, this one comes in from at Stephen underscore Risto. Stephen asks, not having Grant has killed me this year. Only used one boost prior, option one or two, or maybe you can recommend not boosting. So I'm looking at this option one seems to be trading out Penasini, Leo Thompson, Corey Pax, trading in Tass, Tui Pilotto and Harry Grant. And option two is Penasini, Lachlan, Ilias and Tom Starling for Tass, Cody Walker and Harry Grant. Look, I have to say definitely I like trading out the first one. Like I do think Starling is a hold for round 13 coverage. Plus I like the idea of you're going to get two of potentially the better cash cows at the center wing position for some time. And you're upgrading three cows, basically, to a premium keeper in Harry Grant. So I like that. <laughs> That's kind of the way I'd lean for sure. Uh, similar question from Ben at Sir Ben Ben. Tass versus Tui Pilotto, best trading option for Panasinia. And are either top 17 this week? Look, I just, full disclosure, I actually am boosting this week. I'm getting both these guys and then also upgrading Leo Thompson to, I haven't quite decided, it's going to be Pangai or Lolo or something like that at front row forward, basically. So I, I like both Tass. I think he's got that job security. The fact that Milne's moving to the wing instead of him, he's staying at left center, bottom dollar, massive negative break-even. What do I, what won't you like? <laughs> and then Tui Pilotto, I mean, you know, some element of job security for the next three, four weeks, a 
chance to hold his spot. Turbo's back as well. Like, yeah, I really do think both of these guys are really good options. Now, I think in terms of playing them, I would definitely feel more confident playing Tui Polotu, I think. Just better base last week anyway, at least. And at the very least, he's playing with, you know, Tommy Turbo. So I get Task gets Cody Walker and all of that type of stuff. But like I said, I still, I'm not sure. I just don't think he would have scored as well as he did last week without playing against 12 men. And that, that that's not just for Cody Walker. That's also for Tass. Like, he got past the ball and he was able to just to sprint for the corner because there was one less defender on that side. So he would not normally have been able to do that, basically. He would have had to try to create something or pass it himself or whatever. So, yeah, that, that kind of a little bit uh, hesitant for me. Obviously, both have decent matchups this week. Again, depends how highly you rate either the Broncos or the Tigers. There's an argument to say both of them are, are, are in better form lately, but yeah, I, I'd still back. I, I think I would lean to Ipoloto just because of the turbo factor. So yeah, just hope that helps. Uh, I, like I said, I'm pretty high on both of them. I don't think you're going to go too far wrong either way. Now, Sam at Craywolf says, trade Brody Jones and Arrow out for Tass in a second row forward. Who's better, Homolo or Lolo as a keeper? I think... I think I would lean Lolo just because, and I know we've spoken about this in the past, but like that dual position is so handy. So, you know, at, at front row forward, Lolo is probably top three. I mean, Olakuatu could end up being top five, top four at second row forward, but it's not as clear cut to me. And there's also the turbo factor. So I know I, I recall a couple of weeks ago on this same podcast, I went through all the numbers to suggest that Olakuatu was going to go really well while turbo was out. And, you know, it's a small sample size. So seven games right now across two Two seasons, last year and this year. I'm only taking that because 2020 doesn't really count. He's averaging 84.7 when Turbo is not in the team. That average drops down to 60.3 in the 12 games. And what I've done is I've, I've actually discounted the games where he's not played 70-plus minutes because I think we can see that the intention is in a normal game he's playing 80. So, yeah, it's not great reading. And I thought I think just for that reason, and look, you could point to other factors like you know, maybe the, the rain was an issue in the start of the season or, you know, maybe you could look to the future and say this is his main season to show development and improvement and he's getting better as a player now and it could be right. But I just kind of think the numbers point to him being priced over what he's produced in the past when Tommy Turbo's been in the team compared to what he's been able to do while, again, Tommy's not been in the team and DC relies on him as, as a point of attack, basically. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a gut call. If you think he's going to maintain what he's doing, regardless of Tommy being there or not, then I think you could definitely roll the dice on him. For me, I'm happy just to look at the safer option. Like I think Lolo is going to go 60-plus as a minimum, and maybe he's, he, he would never hit 84 like Molly's been able to do. But like I said, I think... I'm not sure Homoli can do that, 84, as an average, while Turbo's in the team. Next question comes from Andrew William-Smith at Mr. Crony1. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Uh, Schuster or Cody? I think given that Schuster may have some health concerns, I think you'd have to go Cody from those two. I am looking very closely at Schuster myself, but I'm going to wait till next week. Like I said, I, I kind of like the idea of upgrading Ilias to Schuster and then... You know, he's got that dual position, so I'll have him at 5'8 for now, and then later I'll swap him out as I upgrade. Like, I, I'm still thinking about bringing Dillbags in later to help with round 17 coverage, and Schuster could move out at that point. 
So yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking at this stage. Next question is from at Jackbread. Best replacement for Fida. Already got Lolo slash Talakai. Unlimited budget. <laughs> thinking Papalili would be playing paying overs at the moment and hard draw. Head-to-head player, so not too concerned about round 13. Look, if we're talking you know, no issues with round 13, Angus Crichton is your guy at that price tag. He's so super cheap. I know you got unlimited budget, but you can save that money and put it elsewhere. Alternatively, if you are wanting to pay up but not for IPAP, then I think Cam Murray will be a great option. He might drop a little in terms of production. So if you want to go pod, then Kalo Matangi. And, you know, he, he's just scored 71, averaging three-round average of 77.3. Like I said, if, if he doesn't play Origin himself, then I think he'll be leaned on a lot more while Murray and Arrow probably have their minutes managed in that back row. So he's a decent shout as well. All right, back to the champs discord. Next one from Gramsy is Taylor Mansell. If he drops out at the expense of Toll, well, we know he's not dropping out at this stage. So, and it sounds like if he's dropping out, it's because he's ill rather than he's lost his spot. So I'd hold him for the week to make sure of that and then confirm uh, and trade him out if he's genuinely lost his spot for next week. And then follow up question, uh, unrelated though, <laughs> who was a better buyer, Cody Walker or Luke Brooks? I couldn't, in good conscience, genuinely recommend Luke Brooks. He's just never really shown any sort of consistency. Cody Walker, I know he's not in the best of form, but you know he's certainly got the the the, the draw to be able to make, you know, put some decent scores together. So I'd have to say Cody Walker from those two. JB asks, is it viable to roll out the Thompson as your front row forward too to chase settling upside? Look, I couldn't, in good conscience, actually recommend Leo Thompson as a player this week. He did score 45 in 36 minutes in round two, and that's his, you know, his his season high. And last week he played 42 minutes and only scored 30. But obviously probably a good chunk of that was spent watching Pappenhausen take shots at goal. So, yeah, look, I get he's starting, but I just genuinely couldn't trust Adam O'Brien. There's a good chance he drops a 30-35 score this week, even if he's starting. Like, I mean, Max King, you know, we... we we're excited last week, but he still only played 44 minutes or so and, and pretty much scored as at 1 p.m. So, yeah, I just don't think I could really trust that. But as you say, chasing centering upside, if you can stomach, you know, copying a 30-35 score and you think you're going to get 120 from your center wing that you're chasing, then you're going to back your gut if that's what it's going to take. But, yeah, like I said, I don't think I could genuinely recommend Leo Thompson as a play as your front row forward two for a week. Uh, Jumbles, another question. Anyone crazy enough to grab Elliot could get Jewel if he plays another round to at hooker. So this is a tough one. I don't know if they genuinely would count him as Jewel because even though he starts at nine and he's named there, he's only playing 15 minutes there at hooker until Starling comes on and then he's in into the middle or the back row after that. So I don't know if that would count enough game time there to actually qualify him as playing hooker. So I don't know if he's going to get the Jewel there. I just couldn't do it, honestly. It's more, you know, it's it's the Ricky Stewart factor. It's the fact that he's not a hooker. If they don't do well, like, does he then change that again? You know, he doesn't go back to starting Elliot. He puts Elliot back on the bench like he was at the start of the season. And, you know, he's got games where he's played 50, 70 minutes and scored 34 and 35. He scored 41 and 52 against the Panthers and obviously a big game last week, but... Yeah, I just I, I just couldn't trust it myself. I get he's going to negative break even, and he's fairly cheap. So at the worst, he's a two-week punt, and you hope he becomes more. But I just think, unless you're rolling in trades, I just, yeah, I just I think it could be a, a genuine waste of a couple of trades there. 
Brad asks, who would you punt for Tass if your center wing was May, Penasini, Firma, Suwali, Billy Smith, Kula, and Vilea? Look, uh, I mean, I would probably punt Penasini because that frees up a lot of coin. Having said that, he could viably be a hold for you if you wanted to. Look, you got Firma there as well. I don't know who you got at second row, and they could be an option to punt instead. And you can move Firma up there. So that's another option I just thought I'd throw out there. But if you're saying from those names there specifically, I'd probably punt Penasini, freeing up a lot of cash for yourself. And I think Tass could outscore Penasini this week, potentially. And Fez asks, better buy out of Tui or Tass if you can only have one. Well, again, it comes down to what you're going to do with the extra cash and things like that. I think Tass being 120 grand cheaper is going to result in making more money for you. But Tui Pilotto can be played in your 17 more confidently, I think. So, look, if push came to shove, uh, it would say Tui just because he could potentially cover around 13. But, like I said, I really like both. I'm getting both and boosting to make that happen. And Twin Turbos asks, if you don't have Munster yet with Origin slash buys coming up, is Drinky the play? Look, I do think Munster's, you know, the, the outstanding option there, even if drink water. You know, he could go well for two weeks and maybe you turn him into Munster later. But just around 11 and 12, I just, like, I, I see people talking about benching him. Drink water might be 700 grand by then, right? And are you really going to bench 700 grand player for two tough matchups? Like, that's a lot of money sitting there. And I guess at the same time, if he doesn't go well the next two weeks, then you have to trade him out, right? Otherwise, his price will tank big time. So I see it as a, a big risk. I think Munster is just the lock and load for the season. As long as you've got some depth at your reserve 5H position to cover him in case he gets rested, then, yeah, I, I guess that's how I would approach it. Now, jumping back to Twitter, at Kirsty underscore Brody asks, could you please rank this week's cheapies, including Tui Pilotto and Swali? Happy to get to need to play at least one for the next couple of weeks as I'm trading Penasini slash Billy Smith. I, I definitely think if you've missed Swali, I'd probably give him a miss altogether and I'd say Tui Pilotto and Tyus would be ahead. So if you're getting it too, then yeah, Tass and Tui Pilotu and lock them in. I do think both can be playable, at least uh, interchangeably. If not, then Tui Pilotu, again, if Turbo makes a big difference to that Seagull's attack and he's on the back end of a couple of tries, then he could be easily a weekly start for, for the time being. So I would definitely say him out of that. Now, at Matty82A, asks, thoughts on the risk slash reward of bringing Turbo straight back in? I want to bring him in, but feel the risk of him missing additional games over Origin is too high. I think, firstly, this one depends on how you read the game. If you think we are returning to more 2021-type levels of scoring in terms of attacking stats and everything like that, then Turbo, you know, he'll be worth every dollar that you pay for him. I tend to think at this stage I'm still a little bit more reserved. I still feel a bit more at 2020 levels, and in that situation, I think... Turbo's still going to drop a little bit more. He's going to go well. He's going to have some 150s. I just don't know if he's going to have those 200-plus scores like that he did multiple times last year. So, you know, leading up to Origin, again, at the same time, you know, even if you get him in for rounds 10 and 11, like he'd scored 119, 159, and then a 40 in round 12. Then he missed round 13, obviously, through Origin. He didn't back up in round 14. Then he scored 208 and, and 144. In rounds 15 and 16, missed round 17 through Origin, missed round 18, didn't back up, and then straight into 95, 226, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, arguably with Turbo, he didn't. It didn't matter even if he missed those games, as long as you had coverage to someone to play in when he wasn't there. He gave you what you wanted and more, 
and he still probably outscored a lot of the other options there uh, that you might have covered, like if he brought in a Gutherson or, or someone else who was going to play more of those games there, I think he covered it all, basically, even though he missed those two games there. So that's the question mark. If you think he's going to do that or something similar to that, then I have no issues bringing him in. And whether it's this week or next week, I mean, I get a lot of people are chasing that kind of pod option, high break even, where people are going to stay off. And sure, maybe it'll be kind of like Cleary, where the third game he played, he still had a high break even, but he banged down 151. And then a lot of other people jumped on the following week and got the 158, and that was fine. But you got a little bit of a head start there. Maybe you, you, you know, got an extra 100 points on whatever you had at five eight, uh, sorry, at halfback before bringing in Cleary, but you copped a 50 grand you know, premium for that. Now, Turbo could easily do similar, right? And if, if Turbo goes 150, people will bring, it in, bring him in the following week for the same price. And he won't drop much more from like his neg- his break even's like 160 something between 160 and 170. Sorry, I don't remember that off the top of my head. So, like, I can see the appeal there. But if he doesn't, then you've missed out. And so, I guess this really comes down to if you think he's going to go 150 plus, then he's worth rolling the dice on this week. If you think he maybe hits 100, then that's a matter for yourself. If you think you're just going to sit tight. Let him drop one more week and get one more chance to see him first week back from injury, see if he's you know trending upwards still from where he was at prior to his injury because let's face it, the first few weeks he wasn't great. And I know some people use the weather as an excuse, but look, Nico Hines was doing all that he was doing in that similar type of weather. So, I mean, he hit like 120-something in a monsoon. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just wouldn't use the weather as an excuse necessarily, but... Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it's just a gut call. Like, at the end of the day, I don't think Turbo's ever going to really be a bad option to bring in if you think he's going to go 150. So that's kind of the way I look at it. And a similar question kind of following up here. So we've got Walji uh, at Gasikas. Ilias to drink water or Schneider to Turbo? I would probably prefer the Schneider to Turbo trade. That's more because I'm a bit iffy on drinky. And like I said, Turbo is a definite genuine pod play if you want to go after those points this week and maybe he doesn't lose that much cash for you and you've got that option there for a captain C straight away so I think it just comes down to how bullish you are on both drink water and turbo but my gut probably says turbo is the better bet out of those two and Peter McDermott at Seagull Pete hey champ can either go Ilias to drinky or Penasini to Taff Tass I'm assuming that's Tass right no one's training anyone to Taff Penasini to Tass or Randall to Tass and Penasini to Lolo. Uh, any advice? So, look, I don't know who you've got at 5'8 in, in the other slot. If you've got a Munster, then I would probably be happy to uh, roll, you know, to, to go Penasini to Lolo, I think. If you don't have a good 5'8, then sure, maybe you need to get drink water or something like that to play there. But assuming you've got a decent option already, I would lean the other option, like... Randall to Tass and Penicini to Lolo. That works well for me. Next question is from at Osman Numbers. Cheers, Wolf. Holbrook ruined Fifi and now Ricky ruins Starling. The Red is best player for three weeks playing 80 minutes and then gets moved to the bench for Elliot. How's Ricky not on chopping block? Question, pick two to play from Starling, off bench but versus Dogs. Firmer and Taff. Look, I mean, Taff was not great last week. He scored 66, but 55 of those points came from his goal kicking 
and the line break try, he got in massive junk time there. So he would have scored 11 outside of that. That's scary to me. I I think Firma is a very safe option still, 45 to 50, and there's always the possibility of attacking stat like he got earlier in the year. I like Starling, even off the bench. There's some arguments to say that even coming off the bench, not playing 80, he's a little bit more explosive and more likely to get some attacking stats straight up. But, I mean, my preference is, yeah, he plays 80 and, and you know, is on the field for more opportunity. But, yeah, I don't I wouldn't be scared off for this because hookers have gone really well against the Bulldogs so far this year. And I think Cookie tore him up. And, you know, I've said it in the past, Tommy Starling, very similar game style to Cook. Not as good as the server side of things, but running game is pretty good as well. So I do like Starling this week. I'm playing him myself. And I think he's going to go well. And next we've got Aman talks NRSC. Uh, I know they are all in different positions and it's team dependent, but I can go either of Garrick, Homole, or Lolo. Any thoughts which one you'd prefer? So, yeah, look, you're spot on. I don't know what your center wing looks like and everything like that. But in a vacuum, I would probably, like I said, I'm not as high on Homole. Just the numbers don't really support bringing him in at this price tag. So I would say Lolo for the dual position. And he's got high ownership as well. Or you take the punt on Garrick, but I'd like to know which wing Garrick is on. I feel like he's going to be better on the left wing. Not that the right wing doesn't get plenty of tries anyway. Like you look at how many Saab scored last year, but you know Saab's tries were often long range. Kind of, you know, he didn't get the line break with it because he's backed up a break made by a DCE or a turbo or whatever. So. I definitely think the left wing is a better option for the Seagulls. They seem to get more line break tries down that side, if you look at Garrick's scores again. So I, I, I do think Lolo, then Garrick, then Homole in a vacuum without knowing what your teams look like. So hope that helps. Then we've got D at Barkstorm Tiger. I'm way behind. Do you risk it in bringing the upside of Cody and Coates and Turbo next week or the safety of Murray and Campbell Graham? Thoughts? I think if you're chasing the upside and you're struggling and you're way behind, then going the turbo route is going to be the better option there. So I'd kind of lean that way. I get the potential of just getting the safety of Murray, but I do think that safety could drop a little bit in the coming weeks as we ramp up to origin and over the origin period. I just think, because he's going to play big minutes for the Blues, and I just think they probably will manage him a little bit over the origin period. So... That's where I would go turbo option. And one last question, just snuck in there, Eels Forever at Firecrotch. So Tass or Tui Pilotto, Field Tui has high upside and plays around 13. If Tass doesn't score tries, Field he could do 30. His price increases won't be as much. Then again, Sam could be said about Tui. Help, I feel so conflicted. For feeder for Elliot so I can get Garrick in one trade next week. Thanks, Wolf. Uh, look, I've made my thoughts pretty clear on Elliot. Not a fan, but... I get, I, I get what you're doing. You're getting the cash grab there and then obviously the downgrade so you can get Garrick in. So look, I get it. Now, with the other two, just the fact that he's got 120 grand more. Like I feel Tass is going to make you more cash ultimately. But Tui Pilotu definitely has the higher upside because of the team and the position he plays. So again, if he's left wing, then great. If he's right wing, he's still going to be okay given his price tag. Uh, and you're right, round 13 coverage. So... I do think if I could only get one, I would probably get Tui Pilotu if the extra cash that Tass frees up for you doesn't help you with trades as well. So there's a big disclaimer there. I feel like Tass is the better option for most teams because that allows them to make a better upgrade now. And yeah, for that reason, I would probably lean that if it meant the other trade you could do is better. But in a vacuum, I would 
picked two Piloto. Um, I like both. So like I said, I'm boosting getting both and then upgrading um, Leo Thompson to Lolo or Pangai, wherever I decide. So be one of those two. Anyway, that is it for this week. Uh, thank you for being with me. If I sound a little bit off, it's because I've got the spicy cough. Finally, COVID has caught up to me. So a bit of a rough uh, day or two, but I'm not too bad, obviously. Still coherent, I hope. But yeah, my trades are pretty simple. Like I said, I'm definitely boosting to get both Tui Piloto and Tass. And my third trade-in will be a front row forward. So either Lolo or Pangai, someone like that. And I'm trading out Penasini, Cobo and Leo Thompson. So again, cows out, more cash cows in and an upgrade to a keeper. I think that's a sensible way to do it. I'm holding pass. It leaves me with around somewhere between 11 to 13 for around 13 already. And Having said that, that includes Billy Smith and Harry Rushton, so maybe it's more like 11, but I'm still pretty well-placed. I'll have most of the big guns, and then I've got a couple of other options that I'm looking at that'll hopefully come in prior to that, so it could end up sitting around 14 or 15 for round 13, which is, I think it'll be a decent number. A lot of them are kind of fringe options, so it's not you know, home runs or anything like that, but I'll, I feel like I'm pretty well placed and then I'll have a lot of team value to be able to make a hard run at round 17 where there seems to be a lot more you know, season-long keepers that play that round. So, yeah, we'll probably talk through that in more in coming weeks. In terms of captaincy, I think it'll just be pretty simple. Vice-captain Cleary and Captain Pappenhausen most likely. It might be boring, but they're both playing at home. You know, Cleary's just gone back-to-back 150s at home. Pappenhausen's averaging, you know, 90-something playing at home as well. So... Both seem to be very safe options with plenty of upside. So, yeah. Anyway, good luck, everyone, this week, and up the mighty Broncos.